Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Yep, yep, ghetto boys is back and reloaded All in your mind, yeah, now deep-throated This is for the streets, the real, the railroaded The disenfranchised, the truth, the scapegoated And they know it, we speak the truth so they quote it Cause we wrote it, the north, south, the east coast It's the GB knocking, we keeping your head bobbing It ain't no stopping And once the beat drops in Violins, the system is so corrupt They throw the rock out their hands and then blame it on us it's GB don't get it twisted, on code and we ain't dancing for no buttermilk biscuits. It's Willie D, y'all. Scarface in the building. Collectively, we are the Ghetto Boys. Reloaded Reload with another episode. The information and instructions to help you navigate through this crazy, wild, weird world. In the weird. studio, I guess. The great Kathy. Griffin, welcome to the show. I am so honored and happy to be here. And, and I'm happy that you're here because, yeah, really. you know, uh, when I think of, like, the people that make things move, oftentimes behind the scene, I think of you. I think of uh, a great guest for this show, somebody that I know that was going to bring it. I reached out to Brad. I said, man, Kathy, he was like, oh. Automatic. <laughs> Automatic. Uh, huh? Now, Kathy, fam, uh, Kathy is the director for human trafficking for Harris County. Director of human trafficking for Harris County. And also, you have the distinguished, uh, I guess, uh, title of uh, being the first person to create a program to rehabilitate prostitutes. And sex trafficking survivors and victims. Right. What's a sex traffic su survivor and victim? Well, first of all, the victim, first of all, first of all, you got to, let's just break it down and start from the real deal. Okay. What the hell is prostitution? Okay, that's, okay, cool. An exchange of services. For what? Ass. What kind of services? Ass. Ass and mouth. Now I'm, gonna, I'm right. getting too grown. Yeah, I'm, I'm, too, I'm too vocal. Sexual, <laughs> sexual, sexual favors okay, this is after for hours. money. 
Okay. Now, the different levels of prostitution. Okay. And I have spoken in front of many um, bougie, intellectual, uh, doctorate and, and degreed up audiences, as well as I've broken it all the way down to the people on the corner. And just to let you know, God has privileged me to have been in all of these different spaces at some point in my life time. Now, I can't tell you how many people I've even asked, what does a prostitute look like? And they'll describe the girl walking down the street and how your shoes they have naked, da-da-da-da-da. But let me ask you about the woman who was not in love with her mate that just so happened to be filthy rich. We know we know those women to be gold diggers, are escorts, okay? And they marry the money in hopes of a financial blessing in a relationship that actually started out and ends up in a relationship. Mm. Number two, Miss Catherine, I'm not no prostitute because I'm married. Cut the coochie off and see if you get the credit card. There's so many different levels. There's legal prostitution and illegal prostitution. What's legal prostitution? Legal prostitution is when you're married and you say yes and you exchange money or monetary things such as cars, clothes, jewelry, meals, whatever, yachts, plane tickets, whatever. So and you have, you're in agreement and you man. don't mind giving. I'm repaying. Thank you for your gifts. I'm going to give you what I have to give. That's right. Where they're swallowing some DNA. I'm fucking done. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Now, the illegal... What's after the weather? Uh, I want to hear what's after, whether it's swallowing DNA or what. What's the other... Alternative. Uh, no, no, I want to hear the no, 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 don't get what us started. What is the alternative? No, please don't get us started. Oh, any any type of consensual, non-forceful sexual act that has been agreed upon between two adults, and it doesn't matter if it's male and male, female, female, oh, or on. female or male. It has. It doesn't matter. It has to be consensual and. Money or monetary goods are exchanged. That's legal. Where it becomes illegal, sex trafficking. Now, let me tell you about, because see, all of it is connected in some shape, form, or fashion. Break it down. So now, sex trafficking is when an individual, male or female, boy or girl or other, has been coerced, tricked, lied to. Romeo pimped, brainwashed into forcefully having sex against their will with others and somebody else's at somebody else profits from the the financial gain of using another person's body against their will. What is Romeo pimping? Romeo pimping is where 
the guy convinces you that that I'm your man. Nobody else okay. is going to love you like I love you. Okay. And you're doing this for the family, for us. Okay. So it's okay that you're my bottom bitch. That means, because you're going to get to a point where you're going to go out and you're going to find me some more bitches. Mm. And in the positive terminology for bitch, B-I-T-C-H stands for best in town, changed heifer. <laughs> I'm 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 done. Now, best in town changed heifer. I either changed helper if you want to clean it. Okay, up. okay, change helper. Okay, all uh, right. Uh, what does what's your acronym for H O E? For ho? Yeah. First of all, I came up with this when I started the first prostitution rehabilitation program in the Harris County Jail because I've been to jail so much. You know, I've been out and out, been and out, in and out of this penitentiary and jail thing what across you the country. Jail for it? Yeah, no shit. Uh, empty crack pipe and swapping DNA with folks or getting in the car with the undercover. What the right. hell? Prostitution. Oh. Right. Empty crack pipes. Oh, God. And getting in, uh, you know, it is what it How is. How do you swap DNA? Sex, swallow. Oh, God. You need to grow up. I'm grown. Nephew, well, then take this like a man. Take this like a man. Because I've watched you in your career be imploded by women who have forcefully thrown themselves at your feet. And you have been blessed with the opportunity to handpick who you will and who you won't. But for the grace of God, God blessed you with one of the best partners of life. And you've been so wonderfully blessed. That is true. And you know, if you bring your auntie on this radio or wherever you, it ain't got to be on radio. I'm going to tell it like a T-I-S-T is. Because let me explain one other thing to you. The world has given the four-letter word love a concussion. Okay. Lo- right. What? And now Explain. I finally understand Explain. what Tina Turner was talking about. What's love got to do with it? Oh. I know. I mean, we all be saying it, but I never really understood it. Understood it until the other day. Talk to me. Me and my husband. Oh, I'm gonna put my business in the street now. Let me take a drink of this water. By the way, I'm in my eighteenth year of solid sobriety. That's beautiful. Absolutely. I'm trying for real. Been uh, I've been with my husband. This we're going into the fourteenth year. Yeah. But I've been oh, married nice. to him. Uh, we were together three years and got married in that four, fourth one legally. Okay. Okay. So y'all. So ten years. So yeah, you guys. Uh, so you you guys are practicing legal prostitution. Oh no! I'm at this point in life. We old as dirt, black pepper. Okay. It comes a time when your nutsack gets flat. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay. Oh my God. And it comes a time when the woman has menopause. That word was designed for a specific reason. It is time for the men to pause. To pause. Yeah. Because men, because oh. menopause, when you ain't got it, you know, like you ain't, you know. You well, the deal is, there's certain things that come with menopause. Okay. The vaginal dryness to the point that intimacy will hurt you and crack you and make you bleed. That's a that's a medical disorder that comes along 
with menopause. Mm-hmm. So if your mate truly get, walk, slide yo, hop yo, limp yo, push yo, little narrow behind back to this microphone, you will not walk out on your auntie. Post scar face. That's why he got all them scars on his face. I did it. <laughs> Continue. Okay. At any rate, so in sex trafficking, so many, I'm going to take you all back. I need both of you all to hold your hands out like this. You're holding your, your Nerf football. Mm-hmm. Now squeeze your Nerf football. Okay, now open it. Did your ball go back to its original shape? It did. Look at your ball. Look at your Nerf football. Oh, I, it was, I thought it was another kind of, okay. All right, so. <laughs> I'm about to go. <laughs> okay, yeah. Did your, yeah, okay. did your football okay, yeah. go back to okay. its original shape? All right. We've all been bamboozled, hoodwinked, okay. tricked, brainwashed into believing that Babies, newborns up until a certain age, if they've been scarred, huh. oh, they're just babies. They'll get over it. They'll, they won't even remember it. They, they're just going to bounce back. The resilience that they're unscathed, unharmed, unbruised. Huh. Now, think of a wire hanger. When you think of a wire hanger, for me, I think of a wire hanger I use as a pusher to push my crack pipe. What is your hanger? What are you thinking about for your hanger? Open doors. Did you mean when you was popping locks? Well, you okay, know, I'm just I trying mean, to I've say. Seen, I've yeah, heard I, people use allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. What does your wire hanger doors. remind you of? Hanging clothes. They were designed to hang clothes. Some people say that. They re- they think of the movie Mommy's Dearest. No wire hangers. It's a very famous movie. Mm-hmm. And some people said that they thought of it as a pimp's whipping tool that he beat his hoes with. I heard so many different comments today from the prison. Mm-hmm. And some people thought of it as to unlock their keys or to, to roast marshmallows and hot dogs or to get hair clogs out of the drain. But on these wire hangers, we as humans are really closely related to a wire hanger because they, you are the, the facade is there that when we were babies and children, we would get over if our parent died or we got beat or we were raped or this happened or whatever, and you can, you can grow out of it. Mm-hmm. Time heals everything. But we are exactly like wire hangers. No matter how you bend it out of its original uh-huh. shape uh-huh. It and you try to, to put it back, it will never form. return right. to its original state. Wow. So be it with us as human beings. Uh-huh. The deal is if you keep messing with this hanger, what's going to happen to it eventually? It's going to snap. It's, it's going to break. break. Yeah. And when we break, when your heart breaks, I'm talking about stop beating or your brain stops working. Your ass is dead. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we give ourselves time to be educated, understand that we are fragile and precious. And if 
you allow somebody to keep bending your wire, then you're giving them your power and they will break you. And you can, it could take you out. Or if you quit kicking your own ass and falling in the same trouble and the same traps that set us up to bruise us in the first place, we can cause ourselves to break mm-hmm. and just snap. So you have to give yourself yourselves what we call self-care moments where you shut down and just focus and let it be for real all about you. Even identical twins are not identical. They don't pass gas at the same time. They don't swallow at the same time. They don't even shit at the same time, any of that. Everybody is so uniquely and wonderfully designed that we all have to know how far we can go and what we can take and what we can't take. So when a person says, well, how did you take that nine-year-old? Why was the youngest girl you rescued off the strip pole in Houston nine years old, Miss Kathy? Oh, really? Yes. That's the, that's the youngest one I've ever taken off the strip pole in my career. Where was she at? This, where was she? She was working at Harlem Nights on Jensen. She was an African-American female. Really? At nine at years nine old? At nine years old. And her mother and her mother's boyfriend, who was the apostle, that was his name, uh, had her working to pay the to pay their rent, and she slept in an abandoned apartment while they lived in another apartment. So you mean to tell me somebody allowed this child to get on a stripper pole at an adult nightclub in Houston, Texas? Mm-hmm. That I mean, this is this this nightclub is on a major street. This is not like some it some, got some shut down, tucked off. In we the, got it shut down. And, of course, it reopened under, I think, some Hispanics have it now. But it doesn't matter because every almost every strip club in this town, I don't care how much marble and mirror and, mm-hmm. and beauty that they have, almost every one of them have juveniles working in those clubs as strippers with fake IDs. And I know this because the ones that we take into the juvenile justice system, all of them can tell you how many of these clubs they've worked in. I'm I'm, I'm stuck on this now, yo. How tall was this girl? And I mean, like, how did she's you been think? being molested since she was a young but child. I'm but saying, she, how does a girl nine years old fake being older than? It wasn't fake. 12. They allowed her in there. Yeah. Because let me explain something to you about sex. If, I don't care what religion or denomination you are, the beginning of sin started, for those who believe in anything about the Bible, period, or the history of how the world began in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, okay? Sin was created because of them disobeying and finding out about their bodies They were nude, and the sexual attraction. Now, me, in my way, I put it so I can understand it. You see, a snake is a snake is a snake. And the people that had this nine-year-old in that strip club was that slithering snake. And children are taught to obey. When they're that young, they're controllable, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, the children that I see now, these teenagers, 
let's say 12 to 19. These are not the children that Whitney Houston said, I believe the children are the future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. She wasn't talking about these. Because all of my life in being a prostitute, which I didn't start out to be a prostitute. I came to Texas at the age of 16 on a scholarship to Texas Southern University. Oh, oh. And went to University of Houston. That's why I was about to ask you, how did you even end up in that that let me explain it to you. I don't care what your path is. When that snake gets in there and and whisper in your ear, I'm 16. I'm wanting all of us, even y'all, and all y'all out there listening, we guilty of being teenagers and wanting to be grown before our time. And my first boyfriend was a professional football player. He played for the Los Angeles Rams. And he told me he, that he was going to make me a woman. And I believed that he loved me. And I don't care what my mama, my daddy, the church, everybody said. That was my man. He drove a Cadillac. Yeah, Cadillacs were big deals back then. Eldorado, Burgundy with <laughs> a white was a big top. Deal. Yeah. And he was from my hometown, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And I'm speaking this because I've had this conversation with him as an adult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I have to tell my story. And I asked him, did he have any regrets for taking my virginity at such a young age? And he said he knew exactly what he was doing. So that's why I feel free to tell you the story. So he was a pro <laughs> ball player and when you were 16 years old? That's when 14. you met him? So y'all link, linked up 14. first at 14. And how I old came was he? to Texas. He was 28 at the time and 29 when he took my virginity. God. And a juvenile legally cannot consent to sex. And that planted a seed that may, because when a child has been sexually stimulated, molested, even if they weren't touched, if somebody say, ooh, just let me, look. ooh, girl, you got that big old fat thing. Uh, look at them big old titties. It does something. Science will prove that the chemistry in the brain literally changes when sex, sexual activity are even, watch this. How does a man turn into a trick? Mm. A lot of them is Let me tell the, you. the tricking is inherited. No, daddy no, was a no, trick. No, the granddaddy no, no, was a no. trick. No, no, daddy no, before no, that no, was a no, trick. No, no. Let me tell you oh, why. Right, Let me tell you why it's generationally right. cursed connected. Well, I was on to something. I'm fixing to give ahead. it to you for real. Okay. When when the grandpa and the great grandpa was little boys, they used to sneak to get to JC Penney's and see us catalog. And go look at the panty and bra section. It grows from there. Mm-hmm. From yeah, that stage, the, the next stage, even for us, our ages, and, and my agent, even y'all, Jet Magazine, everybody bought Jet to look at the centerfold. Mm-hmm. And Male and women. And that's a trick. So, watch this. You go from that to next. You start looking at Playboy. Hustler, uh, sexually explicit magazines. Mm-hmm. And then when that don't feel it for you, then let's go to the strip club. Kind of like drugs, just looking for the next high. And then the, once the, you the get high. in there and start, because see, let me tell you something. Back in my day, when, when the real pimping and Owen was pimping and Owen, okay? 
They made it rain with C notes. They got these little guns out of spit out them wands and people go and buy wands and make it rain with wands. Mm -hmm. By the time your baby and my grandbabies get old enough to make their decisions to go, all of them going to have black eyes because they're going to be throwing pennies and quarters and nickels. Because I'm just saying. Because everybody now wants to be a hoe, wants to be a stripper, oh. these children. Oh. And I've got to say this, and I love the both of you. I, I come from mu music royalty. I respect all types of music, except anything that totally speaks against God. Okay? I mean, my nephew will tell you, I'm in my 60s, and I'm proud to be. Look back at it. Oh, Look come on. Oh. Look back at it. Okay? <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it, nephew. But when you get past that and you're in the VIP room and they start exchanging oral fantasies and physical sexual fantasies, you have no problem with breaking it off. Why in the hell do men work so hard to make money in the first place? To impress women. To impress women. Everybody's a trick. Huh. But we don't want to be called hoes and tricks. Oh, no. But pimps take pride in calling themselves pimps. Well, there got to be some type of distance between us us regular tricks and super tricks like Donald Trump. See, Donald Trump is a super trick. That's a like political he, whore. No, no, no. He, 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 he that too, but he's he's also a super trick. This is the type of dude that can't get no sex from a woman unless he pay. He got a whole history. He don't even, if, if, if you don't have, if you don't trick, he don't even have no kids, man. He can't even have kids. Dude Anybody that sit up and tell you. Super trick. Let me tell you. I'm talking about paying hundreds of thousands. But let me just, tell you. Let me tell you about. Silence. Let me tell you about. Uh, the trickster. That's why he got that name. He trumps his trick. Because he has embraced one thing I got to give him. He never told none Don't of us. That. No, 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 no. Get that watch watch this. Watch this. Let me tell you something. He never told us he was a politician. No, he didn't. And he has shown us from day one what he was, who he was, how he was, why he was, when he had the Taj Mahal Casino built in Atlantic City, and those people did all that beautiful work, and then he opened it and filed for bankruptcy, and none of those people that built that place got paid. Families went hungry. <clears throat> people weren't employed. Yeah, he's, he's notorious for leaving people holding And then he calls it just being a good businessman. Yeah. Don't hate me because I'm a good businessman. He showed all of us who he was, but because we focus so much on everything that we see on television, we tend to have a choice to believe whatever we want to believe instead of stopping and literally, one thing I really hate about black people in general, the whole population. I'm going to throw the educated with the uneducated, everything. <laughs> all the levels of us. Is I don't care 
How? How you go or how low you, you go? We are not, a lot of us, not everybody, a lot of us don't really read. We listen to his story instead of digging down to find the truth for history. And then when you let another person tell your story, it ain't your story no more. Because they might add some, take some off. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. You know, I, I, I got, I, you know, I, I hear people saying a lot of times that black people don't read, but I'm going to tell you something. Um, I think it depends on what black people are you talking about, because the black people that I know that I communicate with on a daily basis, they read. 
But you're so, not around the same people I'm around every day. Well, that's that's true. So let me show you. You can only speak for your environment. But in, when you're a person that deals with every level of individuals yeah. like me, and if you were to look at the numbers, and I deal with a largely populated, incarcerated population, and I deal with people that society looks down that they're so low they have to look up to see the bottom of their feet. Because mm. I used to be one of those. Mm. With all of my intellectual skills and and abilities to graduate early and make honor rolls and be on this society and that and all that bullshit. Mm. Because all of that goodness I did absolutely nothing with because that slithery snake, forked tongue, Man was able to get inside my head and reprogram everything that my parents had instilled in me. But thank God they instilled something in me, including the belief in God. Because even though I went so low, I had to look up to see the bottom of my feet. I was able to bounce back because even in my darkness and my walk, I would still, I might have been out of my head with intoxication and the same things you do high, you would never do sober. Right. So right. I would pray to God, Lord, please let me get a, a real piece of dope this time instead of somebody giving me some wax. Wow. Oh, God damn. Okay, but I still had God in my, he made me so he knew me. Mm-hmm. I would stop if I didn't have but two pennies or five cents. I'd walk up to a church and give it to some the deacon or somebody going and say, put this in church for me. That's my tie. Because I knew that if God loved Mary Magdalene and Rahab, who were prostitutes in the Bible, he had to still love me. Uh, he didn't uh, love what uh. I was doing. And I, it was then he carried me. Because I was unable to carry myself. And sick people make other people sick. And hurt people hurt other people. Hurt people hurt other people. Yes. Sick people make other people sick. That's heavy. I love it. So. Heavy, 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 heavy. Even, let's go back to great-grandmothers and grandmothers that used to, they didn't mean any harm, but they would tell their daughters, baby. When you grow up, you need to marry you a doctor, a lawyer, a businessman, a soldier, a banker, a singer, a movie star. And what they were really doing was planting a spirit of gold digging into that child instead of teaching them, baby, when you grow up, you can be that doctor, be that lawyer. Maybe you might can't sing, so you might have to take some singing less. I'm just saying. But instead of empowering us to be who we are, because no man, no male, could have been here unless they came through the womb of a female. But we as women love with our hearts when men love with their nutsack and their dickheads. Hmm. I don't know about that. Sometimes. Today, today different. Excuse, no, no. Listen to me. It's different. I need you to hear me. There's been so 
much trauma. Even when a mother is a single mother trying to take care of babies, and she didn't have a babysitter, and she let Ray Ray come over, Juan, John, Pookie, whoever, and they have intimacies, and mm. even if it's a baby, and those children are watching different men come in and out of their mother's lives. So it has an impact. It does. Yeah. That's that. That's where we're talking about bending that hanger. See, a lot of us have unhealed bruises. I have another LLC called Bruised But Not Broken. And even me in lifetime recovery every day, I had to teach myself when I got married this time how not to get with my husband because he owned the news. How to make sure my husband does not turn into my legal trick. And I did a wonderful job of that because I was able to support myself where, you know, he got away with murder. You already know that. He didn't have to spend his money on me. Now, I'm fixing to flip it. You going to spend yours on me now, brother? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, go ahead. How, how, how does human trafficking and prostitution, how, how, how does that click? Like, human trafficking, I always thought that human trafficking meant that someone took somebody and made them have sex for money. That's sex, that's human sex trafficking. Human sex trafficking, okay, Because there's labor trafficking, and what's more important that human even... Human sex trafficking. Okay. What's more important, and you'll get this better than anybody, anybody, except somebody that's been in these shoes, one of the biggest human trafficking travesties... <clears throat> That affects you, you, anybody walking. And it makes more money than anything on, on the planet in human trafficking. What is the number one? It's called organ trafficking. Oh, goddamn. And what is the number one organ of the body that is in highest demand? Kidneys, liver, heart. So it's the largest organ in the body. Your brain? Skin. Skin? Think about all the countries that are in war and those people that have money and they get burned. And people of color with melon in their skin with so many different variations that any of us are targeted any time for them to take our skin. Holy now who and now let's talk about kidneys and livers. The only people in the on the planet that even know how to deal with organ transplants would be whom? I don't know. She can turn this shit into a damn quiz. Watch oh, this. Damn. Watch man, this. I, I know. I'm trying to wake you up. Wake me up, man. Come on. Doctors <laughs> sitting in their big Multiple offices. Multiple choice like a mother. <laughs> Listen, doctors, because it's got to be kept at a certain temperature. They got to know how to operate it. Take it out. Put it in. Transport it. Do you realize the billions of dollars and there has to be skilled, trained professionals that know how to remove the skin without dying or remove these organs without killing them? It's done by professionals who literally sit in your face and you see them all the time. And they are part of something dark like that. Oh, wee man. I just talked to my transplant doctor. I'm just saying. How many, how many? Not all of them, but somebody that does the trafficking has to be highly trained and professional. And it ain't all backroom doctors. 
So it's a Pandora's box, even when it comes down to sex trafficking being forced. And now the recruiting grounds for finding other victims, they're being recruited in the jails, in the church, in the courtrooms. And then, I'm, I'm, oh my God, this could take we could do a, we could do this story for weeks and never cover all of the grounds and the different variations of sex trafficking, prostitution, because all of it, you know, this is the first time in life when I was a hoe back in my day. I never met any of us that said, when I grow up, I want to be a hoe. Uh. Now these children are literally glamorizing it and saying, well, Miss Kathy, I do want to be a hoe. I want to be. I can't wait to get on that pole. What? But then we have allowed that because. What what I love, give me a bit of what I was How saying. How did we get that on? Because our entertainers and our, our idols that these children look up to, they didn't understand, and our artists, a lot of them didn't explain, this is only entertainment. And but they art, made it but, okay. But, 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 you know, but, but, stripping on the pole, bopping that ass. and Y'all know what life, you said, life, bitches and hoes. Life became art for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, these two Negroes is guilty of that. But let me yeah, say, life but, became life. Life became art. Yeah, including me. You know, like life became art. You know, for for a lot of people. You and know? it still is art. And, and and the thing is, is that when you think about these people, you know, you think about what art. <laughs> you just said it. A real test. A R T. A real okay. test. Right. How do you interpret your art and what do the test results end up with? Yeah. I that think means for, for I us, got a nine-year-old on a pole that thinks it's all right at nine yeah. to be a hoe. But, you know, for, for ghetto boys, it's, it's like uh, I alluded to in, in, in the intro. Like, the, for ghetto boys, I think it's always been information and, and instructions. So we give you information about what's going on in the world, what's happening, and we also, but we also give you instructions on how to get through it. And that, that but a is, lot of us don't listen to that part. I understand. But we want to pick out the and dicks I, and the pussies and, and, and the asses you know, and the titties I, and the holes and, and the strips I, and the money right. and the diamonds and the cars and the you're blunts right. and the pills and the lean. And that's where self-accountability comes in at. At the end of the day, we still going to have to be, a, at the end of the day, that's one thing that I learned when I was like 10 years, I, I figured that out at like 10 years old. I was like, whatever I do, I'm going to be held accountable for it. I'm going to have to deal with it. Nobody cares at the end of the day. So we we can't sit back and just and just and just leave it to other people to get us get our lives together. We got to be responsible for the children that we bring into the world and our children got to be responsible for the decisions that they make in this world. Now I understand that everybody don't have the guidance and everybody ain't got mom in the house and dad in the house and this this that and the third. Sometimes I, my darling and I'm a perfect prime example. The woman, the white woman that birthed me left me on the delivery, ta delivery table. That might be all she had to give. I don't know her story. I ain't mad at her. But she did have me, mm -hmm. even though my father was black. And I was, I'm a cabbage patch, and I didn't find out this until I was 26. But anyway. What's a cabbage patch? Adopted. You know, the cabbage patch doll, you get the adoption papers. Uh. It's an adopted doll. Okay. And I am adopted, but I don't care. I'm biologically connected to God Almighty, so it really don't matter. And I've been able to handpick who my family members are. You know, some people don't realize. They get all freaked out 
CBS took my kids. I it doesn't matter because everybody, I don't care how old or young you are, we all still wish we had a mother. So even if CPS say they terminate your rights permanently, every adopted or terminated child eventually going to want to know, Mama, why you didn't want me? And even as a black queen, what do you say? And even, even as, as a, a black crack queen, queen, Mama, Mama you was always a black was queen. a black queen, Mama. Man, that's the realest. So let me ask you this. What do you think about people who sell sex in exchange for money, are they the same? Is that the same as, uh, you know, human trafficking? Is that is that any respectability? If you are that? an adult and you make a conscious decision, see, that's even throwed off. People tell me, I don't want to buy no, you know, I don't buy no, but eh. Yeah. I can't. First of all, you can't sell it because you're leasing it. They can't take it with them, even if they legally <laughs> marry it. So it's all leased. <laughs> so we got to change. So Donald Trump got to change the way that he, when he speak about how he exchanged services, he got to say, I didn't buy nothing. So he really was being honest. He ain't bought nothing. He was leasing he it. He bought He was leasing it. Barn yeah. for a few minutes. Yeah, time. and then didn't know what to do he with was it. Leasing the whole time. He never gave the coochie a concussion. Ah, oh my god! But all of them had to get plastic surgery in their face. I'm just saying. What do you think about? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Instagram models and and, and that kind of stuff? Is that I, another? How much of, is how much is that? Yeah, how how much of influence does Instagram models, the women that take the clothes off and all that stuff, have on? These young girls, in your opinion, uh, that that pushes them toward that life. It's more powerful than us trying to teach our children about God and right and wrong. They don't want to hear it. This Instagram, Snapchat, cell phone, Facebook, all of that, TikTok, those were meant for good that have turned into the most deepest, darkest, most evilest contraption let, try taking. I think a, you're giving them too much credit. I try, don't think it was. No, all no, 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 no. Try taking this device from a little child even to a teenager. A lot of them have committed suicide because I want to die or run away because a parent took this from them. It's that addictive. It's more addictive than any heroin, crack, cocaine. And my habit was thirty thousand dollars a month for twenty two years. Fuck. I lived to get high and I got out of live. And I wanted to die with a crack pipe in my hand. And I said, when I die, and if y'all put some fake dope in my pipe in my casket, every Halloween I'm gonna come back and mess all y'all high up. And I meant that shit. Wow. This is more powerful than that. Even when we rescue and we take the phone, if they can't have their phone, they will leave. They will run. This is and Everybody now want to get fake this and get the ribs taken out and get the fat transferred. And because everybody's looking at wanting to be this perfect, acceptable person that one of you all are going to have some money and want to give them designer bags and diamonds and good cars. And they more concerned about that than where they're going to live. Instead of. Let me get all this done so I can get make sure my rent is paid. Because I'm going to just tell you this. 
I despise any woman. To this very second. When somebody tell me, Miss Kathy, I ain't never, I ain't never been no prostitute. So you mean you been fucking free? You didn't get a sandwich? You didn't get no money to buy no coochie wash, no massing care? Please don't tell nobody that. Even though I want to empower women to be able to support themselves with or without a partner. So if they leave, you can still hold your own. I'm into the empowerment. Now, if that means, like, even in my program, it's peer-to-peer driven. I'm going to meet you where you are. If you used to shoot heroin and you went through my program and I I see you back in jail or prison and you say, Miss Kathy, I didn't prostitute anymore and I'm not shooting heroin. Well, why are you here? Because I was, I was smoking weed. I, 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 I smoked weed and I, passed, I flunked my drug test. Okay, so how did that work out for you? Or when somebody tells me, Miss Kathy, I need a job. Okay, can you pass this drug test? Well, I got some weed, then you don't want no job. Mm-hmm. What is it that you really want? If this was easy, everybody could do it. What are you willing to give up to unblock your blessing to what it is? Because you can have what you want. Be careful what you ask for. But it's about are you willing to do this, this, and this? To have what you want legitimately, legally. Because the word even tell you, we earn our keep by the sweat of our brow. Right now, everybody has entitlements. These youngsters feel that they're entitled to have. Well, I've got a nice body, so I'm entitled that you should be forced to buy me a Birkin. But where did they get that from, though? They didn't come out of nowhere. Y'all. Nah. Yeah, you did. When they saw y'all, when y'all walking around with all these, not you, I'm just saying. The image that men put out there, you understand what I'm saying? And then those men who were emotionally abusive by saying you'll never be anything, you know, um, you just like your mommy used to be a cracker, you know, throwing the past up. Everything that's happened from this second on back for all three of us is black history. It cannot be changed. What did your daddy tell you? He he told me when he wrote, let's get it on. Everybody thought let's get it on was a song about sex. And, he, and, he, and, and, and when Marvin sang it, he put that feel in it. Let's get it on is the only song my father wrote that he was clean and sober. And he was struggling for his sobriety. If you listen to the words, it says, we're all sensitive people with so much to give, understanding each other. But since we've got to be here, let's live. We weren't living under intoxication. Let's Get It On was written about rehabilitation. Let's take that word. So, so rehabilitation. Marvin took it. He didn't take it. No, no, he no, no, didn't. no, no. What I'm saying is that Marvin interpreted it as and that's what he, as my father wrote it to mean sexual. something for him. But Marvin, when he sang it, yeah. he made it his own interpretation, right. so he could feel it. Right. But my father, to write such powerful lyrics, it was a true feeling of what he felt. Not to mention my daddy had some freak in him too, probably. I'm just saying. You own that song now? You own that song? Yes, I do. You own the rights? Yes. Get that money, huh? Um, Right now, as we speak, George Clinton and others, they're in New York right now with Ben Crump because we're doing the civil side of why Sony and all these record companies have 
pimped us and given us the crumbs that they wanted us to have as black people. But then if you look at your country western artists and your white artists, your Elton Johns and your John Lennons and Elvis, and a lot of them stole theirs from us, literally. Mm -hmm. And there are some of us in history that go back that borrowed some of the country western themes and put into our stuff because country western music only tells stories. It's just storytelling. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? For everybody in their own genre. But getting back to what I'm saying, we've been handed out crumbs as minorities in the music industry for centuries. Centuries. There's no way in the world with a song like Let's Get It On, I should receive a penny check. And we and you know, I mean, you've talked about that, Brad. We get plenty of those two cent. Really? One. Man, you need to talk to me. I'm telling you, I can help you get that money. I'm telling you. So anyway, you know, I'm in the biggest lawsuit in the history of music <laughs> with Ed Sheeran and the Thinking Out Loud song. And we've been in this battle for seven years now. Our, our trial date was September 11th of last year, but we were in COVID. And the courts are still shut down. But... Every summary judgment and everything they challenged, they lost. What's that song Ed Sheeran did? Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud, yeah. The music is all, let's get it on. He yeah. only changed the words. Right. That's why that was a song that made him famous. Right. Because everybody could relate to it, because the magic was in the music. And my father wrote the music. And it was always... It had nothing that, to do that, with the... it was already something that was embedded in, in people's memory. And let's get it on is now has been entered into the American National Songbook. Yeah. So it's an evergreen that will never die. How was your relationship with your father growing up? When I met my father and I found out where he was, I went, well, I called him first. And how old were you? 26. Damn. So who raised you? Your grandparents? I was adopted. Okay. Ernest and Shirley Griffin, two of the most wonderful people. And they gave me everything I needed and most of what I wanted. And they, I thought we had some, we really didn't. He was a mechanic and she was the daughter of my grandfather who owned a funeral home and she collected the burial. And before that, when 19, I was born in 1960, we moved to Mississippi in 1964. My mother worked for Mattel's and my father owned a Sinclair gas station on 121st or 22nd and Central. And the doctor that took care of my mother's OBGYN health, which my mother had a uh, hysterectomy and was unable to have children. Um, back then, when they adopted children, they placed you to match closely. And if I showed you their pictures, you would think they were my biological parents. Mm-hmm. But she had this scar down her stomach, and kids would say, you adopted. And my mother said, no, you're not. This is where you can. I'm just saying. And back then, they didn't tell. Mm-hmm. Um. We moved to Mississippi, unbeknownst to me, because Ed Townsend and his wife, Cherry Gale Townsend, and by the way, at my birth, my name was Cherry Gale Townsend, in case my father ever wanted to find me. It's not a lot of Cherry Gale Townsends. I should have been a country western singer with old country has name like that, but anyway. What, I'd what? like to tell you a story oh, God. about a place that I call <laughs> home. I'm just saying. <laughs> Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth. 
which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Walk, walk us through the psychology behind you becoming a woman of the night, so to speak, like how you ended up. Cause that's what, you know, like you're a very different person today For than real? you was back then. I mean, you, I was in TSU. I was going in hold the on, clubs. Hold on, hold on. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. <laughs> I want to commend you for all the work that you do. A lot of people don't understand. Like, you know, it, it's the people that, that behind the scenes that do the most to make the world move. And you're one of those people. So I wanted to give you your flowers. While you're here, please give them to me. Yeah, absolutely. So, and walk, I do like imaginary through. flowers. D, let me tell you why. They're beautiful. They smell great, but they die. <laughs> Thank you, my love. That's what I'm talking about. You better. You better. Okay. As my girlfriend taught me, you better say I said it. <laughs> walk us through the psychology of how you got on that track to being on the track, you know? How did you get there? I got distracted on my way to grandmother's house. Yeah. <laughs> the whispers. <laughs> Tell me, like, where did it start? Like, because at some point, like, like you say, nobody grows up and say, I want to be a host. When youngsters start having sex before their time, we think automatic, including the kids now, we think automatically that sex makes us grown. So, so this football player was the first person you had sex with. And how did you meet this guy? You're 14 years old. Where you meet him? He's from my hometown. And so you met him. And, and, and I went to this Antioch Missionary Baptist Church. He went to Ebenezer Baptist Church. And it's a small town. And we go from church to church. And we had a, the, the, the musicals and the singing unions and all that. And so where did y'all first church. have sex at? How did he get access to you? How did you first have sex? Every summer we would go back to California. Remember, he played for the Rams. Our families knew each other. And he it started off, he would he when he was home and I met him, 
And he started being very nice to me. And we started off, he was going to teach me tennis lessons at William Carey College on the tennis court. So I could ride my bike from my house around the corner to the school. That's where he played tennis. And we would go play tennis. We was hitting them balls. So I had on my little shorts and my little halter top. Mm -hmm. I had long hair. High yellow. Mississippi. And you absolutely just ex- super excited that this football player, this so big it was time for him to go back to California. Women. And it was the summer. He was back in California. We're already <clears throat> like family, right? And he asked my mama, "Could he take me somewhere in California that night?" And she thought we were going to the movies. And we went to his Long Beach condominium apartment and that's where he said he was going to make make me a woman so this 24 year old man just no 20 28. he's this 29 he's 29 at this point so this 29 year old man was allowed to take this 14 year old girl somewhere he said 15 at that time to hang out yeah 14 15 and at that time. your parents were yes, okay but, with that because they are we were all family no back then nobody was thinking i mean he was a celebrity in our hometown. Okay, so it's like my little sister. Right. We hanging out, you know. Right. Okay, I got you. I got you. So that's where it started. Now, now, is he the the one that introduced you to prostitution? No, let me just, let me tell it. So an interesting thing happened when I got the scholarship to go to Texas Southern at the age of 16. Once I got to Houston from Mississippi, and I'm living in the dorm with others who are now 18 and older, and they were allowed to go in the nightclubs. I got to go with them. But they didn't turn me away at check ID at Faces, Pizzazz, the Screaming Eagle, Red Rooster, wherever the clubs mm-hmm. were back in those days. You understand me? Because I'm with everybody else. I'm finally wearing makeup and yeah. got my hair done. And I was a majorette at Texas Southern. Looking like a fox. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they let me in. Right. Okay, and all in pro football players because I was already attracted to professional athletes because I lost my virginity to one. But something happened where he was no longer interested in me when I became, when I was out of my mother's house. Now I'm too grown for him. So I was attracted to other athletes. And I I turned into more of what you'd call an athlete groupie. And I knew no better than if... One of these Houston Oilers or Rockets or whoever they were come up to me. The only thing I know to do was give it up. Right. Okay. That was tramping because I didn't know you got stuff for it. I, I didn't. I wasn't taught. I didn't get that email. I didn't get that that information. Well, in fairness so to then you, that was I'm no still email at the time. At Texas Southern, I'm in radio, television, communications, and theater. And a friend of mine who was the conductor of the National Tour for the Wiz, who was also Smokey Robinson's bass player for 25 years, lead bass player. His name was Larry Ball. One of the greatest, his family come from the ink spots Mm -hmm. out of Chicago. He met me. And I'll never forget Olivia Branch, rest in peace, from Houston. She and Jennifer Holliday were two of the greatest singers that came out of that era. And she played America, the beautiful gospel version for me to audition to become an orchestra singer on the national tour for the Wiz. Mm-hmm. 
And he allowed me, and he was the one doing the hiring. He brought me on. And he began to be my boyfriend after that tour was over. And we toured, I think it closed out the last show was in New Orleans. I came back. And then a very dear friend of mine, Kathy Coleman, Dr. John B. Coleman's daughter, was dating Leroy Johnson, the attorney who is the brother of Rick James. And she said, girl, Rick hired the Mary Jane girl. By this time, I came to... I, I came here looking like a um, small, petite woman. I had a scholarship. I was eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the dorm. I was going to French's, Miss Baker's, cream burger, and everything else. I kept Pop-Tarts in my purse. I'm depressed because I'm, I'm not, I'm brokenhearted because the man that I loved wasn't having nothing to do with me. And now I'm putting all this mileage on me. So I just started eating, and I became 210 pounds. And my nickname in college was Big Kathy. A uh, boom. Okay? Boom. Boom. Like wow. when the drums play boom. Yeah. Boom. The boom. 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 boom, boom. Yeah. All right. So I'm depressed. And people would say, Oh, you got some good hair, but you're so big. And I would just smile and I'd just keep eating because my insides were just destroyed. Mm -hmm. So I went to the audition with Rick at the Stouffer's Motel next door to the summer, which is Lakewood Church now. Went in his suite. He was in the bathroom. And I had to go in that bathroom, and he was sitting there. And we stayed in that bathroom and talked for hours. And he said, why you ain't asked me for none of this? I said, what is that? Cocaine. And then he took, I, I, he took me on the tour. I was not one of the Mary Jane girls. He said, girl, big as you are, you are the Mary Jane girls. Hmm. So he let me go on the tour, and I ended up dating his brother, Carmen, who was the head of the security. Carmen is still alive now in his 80s. And Rick and I became the best of friends. So I thought we were friends in that life mm -hmm. because we was. Now we know things together. Right. We friends. And he believed not to ever touch anything that his family had touched. So we weren't ever intimate. Rick had a song that people don't know anything about. And it's one of the reasons why I probably was unpimpable. He saved me from that. Because any pimp that ever tried to pimp me, they all of them knew on, in Hollywood, oh, that's Ed Towns' daughter. No, 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 no. You can't shing so on my So you never had a pimp? <laughs> no. I would have had a pimp if they swallowed some DNA and got stuck in every hole in their body and gave me the money. Like, they wanted me to have that. If they couldn't do that for me, why would I give them? How is what right. I just went and did yours? Right. I've never understood that. Okay. Okay, so the cold-blooded tour in 83 ended in New Orleans. When the lights and the cameras and the tour was over, and all of these cities we went to, People would fill the table up with free dope, and we called it free base back then. And to this day, I've never, ever had any free dope yet. And when... Mm. Explain that. Because it cost me in the long run. I didn't have to buy it then, but when the lights and the cameras and the tour was over, I had a $30,000 a month addiction that slid like a snake into my system. Mm-hmm. And I never understood about the disease of addiction. Damn. 
and it it was inherited. The parents that raised me didn't do drugs or any of that. Hell, the only words I heard in my household was damn shit. I, I didn't. I never heard motherfucker. None of that. When you first started doing it, did you think you had control of it? You could. You, you well, could control I was. It? it was. I was a sociable. Get high. I could get high on the weekends. And then I could go, whatever. I smoked marijuana every day. But the more cocaine that was introduced in my life, like me and Rick, you offer us some weed, we, we were ready to fight you. Want this shit? Because we were hooked. Mm-hmm. And back then it was Peruvian flake, pink Peruvian, real dope. You look at it and have to go use the bathroom immediately. Your stomach bubbling, you ain't even touched it. Because it was that real El Chapo and them, and uh, 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 what's the first one? Yeah. That, yeah, him. Noriega dope. The real shit. The real, real, real deal. So, 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 so. Uh, and it fa- took fa- me. Fast forward us to how how you, like, like how you ended up. Nobody gave me free dope when I wasn't on tour with Rick. So I had to, it took me from Beverly Hills to under the trash dumpster and behind the trash dumpster to feed that habit. Right. My habit said feed me by any means necessary. Okay. It got so bad I would even give my body up for a push on a pipe and it wasn't nothing on the pipe when I pushed it and the Brillo would be orange. So the first so. time that you, the, so the first time that you prostituted yourself, you really didn't, you really didn't think you was prostituting. I, I didn't care what it was. Right. I needed to feel that high. Right. Because it took away all of that depression temporarily from how did I go from being a college student and I was headed this way and I got distracted on the way. That's right. why that song with the whispers is so important to me. And Rick had a song called Pimp the Simp. His best friend, Mary, had a pimp who put her on the street. It was no accident. She was found in a hotel suite, face down on the floor, lying in her underwear. No one even cried and no one even seemed to care that Mary had a pimp. Mm-hmm. Mary had a P-I-M-P. Mary's gone crazy. Mary's gone out of her mind. Didn't she know the price she had to pay was high to be a hoe? Didn't she know? Out there on the street, selling her body for pain and ending up spending her money on clothes so he could dress funny. And she ended up in a motel room with the comforts of a silver spoon. And he, he, you know, and he said, you pimp, you simp out on the street. Messing with all of the girls that you meet with fake diamonds on your fingers and Cadillac cars. Running in and out of the local bars. Now you catch them. You school them. You teach them the game. Next thing you know, the girl is gone insane. You know, P-I-M-P, you simp. He hated pimps. If a girl was going to sell her body, let her do it on her own. Don't take her money. Mm-hmm. Don't take her money. If you're going to watch over, you need to have a profession too. But don't, you know, and just dump them like they're trash. Just dump him. So, and he taught me, if that man can't do what you're doing and give you his money, then don't you, don't you give him your money. Rick taught me that. Yeah. So, so, so I guess you would have like a, it would be like an an interesting uh, uh, dichotomy of emotions for you when you think about, when you think about your relationship with Rick as Rick being the person that, Seemingly looked out for you, and the, the day same he person realized that he that introduced, introduced you to cocaine. cocaine to me, broke down and cried, and he apologized. Mm-hmm. Now Rick had different personalities, many different personalities, but Rick and I went through a lot. 
as just friends because I was the key witness in his trial. Rick never kidnapped. I'm in the book. Rick never kidnapped the girl to burn her with the pipe. Mm -hmm. I took her there. <laughs> oh, wow. And that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. Absolutely. I was the key witness in the trial. Absolutely. What was the, was there a breaking point for you to just, <coughs> for you to get away from the life that, was there a time that you came to the realization? I went to 22 said, drug I gotta rehabs. I got to I went to 20, I got a doctorate degree in rehabology. Okay. I would always, you got to understand, I'm in the po me syndrome, first of all. Po me, po me another hit, po me another dope sack. <laughs> now listen to me. Okay. I'm already figuring, I've messed up my life, my scholarship. I've, I, now I have three children. There's somebody's baby, somebody might be baby, and it could have been your baby. I'm just saying. Damn. And I had to live with the fact that I got the Rainbow Coalition for Daughters. I got to live with the stigma of I'm I'm an ex crackhead hoe. I'm a ex, I'm a crackhead hoe. Cause I wasn't an ex then, so I'm still in that po o me po o me syndrome. So I had to get high to keep that those voices from coming. And then I had I got so focused on trying to get the next high that I blocked out reality. And all I was focused on is how I'm going to get that next hit because I've already destroyed everything. So I'd go into treatment to fatten up, make my family happy, see my kids for a minute so I could go back out there and smoke some more. Make sure I didn't catch nothing they couldn't get rid of and go back and smoke some more dope because I'm figuring nobody will. I'm, I've been to the penitentiary now. I've been to jail. I'm a, I got an X on my back. My name is 803-404-JC. Ain't nobody going to give me no job. I'm worthless. I'm a piece of shit. I don't, I've been so low. I got to look up to see the bottom of my feet. Poe is me. Woe is me. That bullshit. Mm -hmm. Until that last arrest where it was three strikes you out. And I was the guinea pig, one of the guinea pigs for the Harris County Star Drug Court program. And at this point, I'd been to 21 rehab and I said, that shit don't work. I even did the AA meetings and all that, the men in the meetings, 13 stepping meeting, they had getting in relationships and stuff. I just, you know. So when that judge told me, we're going to, the DA's office said, you'll never be able to complete this. I That judge told me she was a Republican, white Republican judge. She said, I what believe. Was her, name? her name was Caprice Cosper. I love her. Yeah, it's important that we go on record with her name. Her name is Judge Caprice Cosper from mm -hmm. the 339th Criminal Court back in 2003. Okay. Give her props. Props. And the court coordinator, Mary Covington. Now, they had a wager. If I made it, the DA's office had to buy the judge and her staff lunch. If I didn't make it, vice versa. Me being the dope fiend, oh, I'm, you tell me what I can't do, I'm going to show you that I can. I wasn't even thinking that it was humanly possible at this particular moment, before I found out what the sentencing was, that I could ever be sober. Here's another one of these bullshit programs. When she told me, if you mess up one time, now mind you, this is the only time in my prostitution history I wasn't owing. 
I was standing on the corner of Liberty and, St- and uh, uh, Greg. It was raining. I had some dope. I had somebody else's weed. And I had my, my pipe in my bra. Because just like a preacher carry his Bible, that was mine. That was my best friend. And if we go down, we going down together. This man pulled up and said, you need a ride because it was raining. I said, yeah, but yeah, I just need to go around the corner because I was staying at the rooming house on Bringhurst off Liberty Road. He said, you don't want to do nothing? I said, no, 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 I'm good. I just need to I just need to ride to get to the house. He said, come on, you don't want to do nothing? I got the money. I said, no, I don't want to do nothing. I said, just drop me off. He said, okay. We made around that corner. When I got out that car, police came from everywhere. I was in a sting because I had priors. And I got in the car with the undercover. There was probable cause that I could be prostituting. And I got caught with my crack pipe. So the sixth prostitution carried 25 to life. Then I had a possession of a controlled substance less than a gram. That would warrant me to have still been in the penitentiary to this day. The judge told me, if you mess this program up one time, you will serve 33 years a day for day. When I heard that, a light bulb went on. She could have said 3,000 years a day for that. I don't care. Whatever it was that she said to me, the taste of crack. The urge to have to turn a trick. Everything that I had known for 22 years vanished. And by any legal means necessary did my miraculous change happen that second. And I live my life today listening to, I got a file in the DA's office doing push-ups, waiting on me to slip up, fuck up, mess up. Mm. And I've had millions of individuals that I have been their peer-to-peer hope and counselor and coach. I have to live my life exactly the way that I speak it because if I fall, I would take a lot of people down. How many people do you think you saved? Over from, a million. From, 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 I have not, I, I, not saved. I have suggested and guided. Okay. I ain't Jesus. I ain't Over God. I can't save nobody. I am a servant. I am That's a worked. warrior. And my job is to let whatever the Spirit tells me that I know. It's more important for me to know what true wisdom is than to be wise and dumb. So many of us are incarcerated before we even get to the penitentiary because we think we got freedom, but we being free and dumb. Mm -hmm. Because nobody ever took the time to break it down. Even in programs and the recidivism rates, why people can't get it is because there are those who can only learn auto, by auto. There's some that can learn by sight, visuals. There's some who can only learn by reading it academically. And then there are those who can only hear it through spirituality the way they see it. So there are many pathways to recovery. You just have to find the one that really works for you. Right. And how can people reach out to you and you know, try to get some help. I'm at 1302 Preston on the third floor. Um, Is there a website? Yeah, well, you can go to Harris County Constable Precinct 1's website. Um, I'm, I have a number that the, everybody knows, 
I do a weekly Wednesday, we call it whole class, which stands for helping others excel. I didn't name it that, the, the, the individuals, the clients did. It's open to male, female, young and old. Um, it is run by us. It's there because we get to talk about, this isn't a, this isn't a place where you come and say, ooh, girl, let me tell you what she said she did. Mm-hmm. Because what you doing when you do that? If somebody's telling their story and you pick it up, you just picked up their shit that they just expelled. That's like you eating for six months and you're not using the bathroom. You're gonna be constipating, full of shit, right? So when you release it, are you gonna reach back in the toilet and put it back? No. So every time somebody pick up your shit that you just put out there, you have to pray for them, and they just picked up your shit on top of their shit. So now they really full of shit. <laughs> so this is a place where we are really adults. And we can talk about anything. Right. I'm just blown uh, away. Did, did you know I that? I have no clue. Did you know that Kathy can rap? I'm leaving. <laughs> I was sitting on the corner. I was feeling fine. I just went down the street and bought a fat dye. Went around the back where the niggas was at. That's where I saw an old man get jacked off. Earl who made a deal. She kneeled for a meal. All that was dope fiend raps. That's the kind of old silliness that took me through. Sit down, boy. Ladies and gentlemen. Audience, I don't I hope that nobody was offended, but this has been one hundred and real. And I I do know how to speak when I have to. I can animate the animosities and trickle the sensibilities. I can tiznuck like a tiznug is all this act. Because God made me that way. Ladies and gentlemen, Kathy we Griffin. And look here, Kathy, we, we really real. do appreciate like, you. This I, is I, unbelievable. I, you said I, I'm I knew still it was, fucking I'm just And I wanna just say that let me show you <laughs> if man had control over what an ex-offender, ex-con could do. On the 14th and 15th, I've been asked by the Texas, the state of Texas Pardon and Parole Board to represent this country and this state at the Association of Pardon and Parole Board Members International, who are all Pardon and Parole Board members across the world, because they all want to know why our roadway to freedom that is housed in the Texas Department of Corrections, which is the only, only sex, sexual um, industry, prostitution, human sex trafficking, sexual abuse, substance abuse, domestic violence, trauma-informed program in the world that was founded by God and me. And I will represent them because they want to put this program in their prisons across the world. So, and then I want it to be known that the entire pardon and parole board unanimously approved my pardon and sent it to the governor. And as far as we know, the governor has never signed a pardon for any African-American, male or female, as of yet. Really? I'm not surprised. but And it doesn't matter because I've still been able to do what I have to do with an X on my back. Stop using that as an excuse. Everybody wants somebody who's going to suit up, show up, not steal their shit, act like they want to be there, and want to do something better. Right. So I'm just honored that even that the Pardon and Parole Board would unanimous, unanimously approve me. 
That's a greater honor because as old as I am now, you know, this don't stop to my casket drop. And I've lived a lot longer than I got left. So mm-hmm. I know I'm living and walking in my purpose. Yeah. There's an old saying, family, that uh, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. And Kathy Griffin has, I mean, she epitomizes both. She's a saint, man. You dig what I'm saying? And change what Pim mean. Pim mean professional, important, motivated people. Man, we love you. I love y'all. Thank you. Y'all gonna give me a record deal so I can rap. You in. You straight in. It's gonna be the granny twerk. Get in the boot right now. Let's go. (laughs) God bless all of you. Thank you for having me. This episode was produced by A-King and brought to you by the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects and old to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.